Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, March 31, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket? We're going to take a look at the daily chart. We'll identify what exactly that line is at the top of the screen. What's the number? It's 39712. That was a prize yesterday for Inside the Numbers members. They didn't get there. It was a target today. They did get there. The big picture, we're going to talk about the big picture. We'll start with the trend is your friend until she throws you out. They're above all the moving averages on all time frames. There's nothing wrong with the tape. Now, the bigger picture is the markets essentially run out of time. So therefore, can they make another new high? Yes, they can. But again, this is the same situation as before. Even if they do make another new high, they're not going to get very far. Let's talk about that new high, where it is, what the numbers are. So we're very close to the next big fat round number of 4,000. S&P 4,000. That makes SPY 400, but they're not exactly the same. They're not exactly one-tenth or a multiple of 10 of each other. They're close, but there's a disparity. When you get close to these big fat round numbers, they become somewhat magnetic. They draw price in. First, they make it look like they're not going to do it. And then finally, they run up there and then they do it. They spike it through. They go a little higher. That's the way it normally works under normal garden variety market conditions. Tomorrow is April 1st. Today was the last day of the quarter the last day of the month. It's a holiday weekend, a three-day holiday weekend. So here's both sides of that. We're going to play the umpire for a second. On one hand, into a holiday weekend, a three-day weekend, the market's at new highs, it's close to new highs, the trend is your friend, all that stuff. Under normal conditions, they're going to trade right up into the holiday weekend, right through the close on Thursday. Is that a lock? Do we know that that's going to happen? Of course not. That's the likely scenario if you go back and you take a look at all the other three-day holiday weekends in a bull market, what normally happens. The flip side, tomorrow is April Fool's Day. Are we really going to see something like an April Fool's Day, open the trap door, pull the rug out, send the market down 100 or so S&P handles? Anything is possible. It's just not probable at this point in time. Now, if we wake up on Thursday and there's a huge gap down, well, then it's April Fool's and game on. It's nothing we can plan for. It's just an awareness of the obscure. If they gap up on Thursday, a gap up above the former all-time high, then they're in no man's land. And the next and only real target on the table would be around 400 SPY. Just for the educational purposes of the thing, Let's run through a series of charts with the SPY and let me give commentary upon what I see on the chart just so that you can gain an understanding of what I'm looking at, how I think about the tape, how I think about the charts when I run through different time frames. When I see the daily chart, if in fact the market was trading down, what's the first thing that my eye would be drawn to? Well, it's pretty obvious, at least to me, and now it's going to be obvious to you, it would be drawn to A, the low of the breakup candle from the 26th. The low is 390.29. 
There's also a 20 period moving average, which is the red trend line right above that, right around 390.95. So that general zone would be garden variety support. Now, what about below that? What's below that? Well, the day behind that has a gap. So the closing price was 389.70. There's a gap that wasn't filled. So that whole area between that gap at 389.70 and 390 and change is what I would call garden variety chart support. Now we're gonna go down and take a look at a 240 minute chart to see if there's anything different. Does this chart speak a different language or at least in a different dialect? Well, we can see the last candle of today was a little bit down, but what is it? It's inside of the last candle, which is essentially a breakup candle. What's the low of that? The low of that one is 395.31. So if I'm looking at the 240 minute chart, as long as price on Thursday, for example, is opening above that number, then I know, at least from a short-term perspective, there could be and likely would be support around that 395 and change area. What's below that? Well, we have the closing price of the candle before that, which was 394.78. There's a gap there, so you see where I'm going with this. A spike of 395 would likely be garden variety chart support. Now, that's above all the moving averages. That's a different number than we saw on the daily chart, we looked at the low of a breakup candle on the daily chart. That was all the way down here at 390. Well, what does that show on this 240 minute chart? Well, you have the same gap and you have a different moving average, but one nonetheless in the 50 period moving average. A gap, a 50 period moving average, and not that far below a 100 period moving average. So we can see an assemblance of support supported on the 240 minute chart the same that we saw on the daily chart. Now we've got a 120 minute chart. Now keep in mind, I didn't pre-plan this. I'm doing this in real time. So when a chart populates the screen, you're getting exactly what comes into my mind is directly coming out of my mouth. On this chart, we have a breakup candle low. That low comes in at 395.31. We have a gap. The gap comes in at 395.08, so there's that 395 again. If price is above all that stuff, you're above all the moving averages, so running down to test the breakup candle low and or fill a gap is normal garden variety behavior. Even if and when the market is bullish, they still have pullbacks. They still have destinations underneath current price to go take care of some what we'll call unfinished business. Hourly chart, you can see here the last three hours of the day, the market really spent going nowhere. Then it dropped a little bit into the close. Again, above all these moving averages, the trend is your friend. But again, we also have another concept that we discuss all the time, which is markets love to come back and check in at former breakout and former breakdown areas. So somewhere in here between this and this, there's a gap there. Isn't this considered an area, at least from an hourly chart perspective, where the market spent some time, pretty much an entire day, it went back and forth, it ate time off the clock, then it broke out. It filled a gap. Now it's coming back down to do what? Test a former breakout area. That's if, in fact, it comes all the way back down there. We don't know that it will, sitting here Wednesday night, discussing the possibilities 
for Thursday, but this is how I view the tape. Here's one we don't look at all too often. It's a 30-minute chart. So here we can see a clear area where the market spent quite a bit of time, same amount of time, same deal, and it broke out. It's just more pronounced on this 30-minute chart. So you can see here there's a 50-period moving average just under 395, and there's a lot of stuff going on here just below that. So when you start to get down below 395, what I could say is, as long as the market's not falling out of bed, if you got, and this is a hypothetical, we wake up tomorrow, the market's trading down a little bit, they start to push it down, and they get to below 395, you can expect a series of buyers to show up to support the tape in and around that number. Could be at the gap, could be below the gap, either way, it's not that far away, we know what happens in the morning, if in fact, let's just say again, hypothetically, it was during the morning rush, well, they can certainly spike 395, go down a little bit, fake everybody out, make everybody think the market's collapsing back down, you're gonna get drilled into a holiday weekend, and then two minutes later, next scene shows, they reverse the market and they're trading back up. It happens all the time, we don't know that that's gonna happen, but those type of things happen all the time. So you get a different flavor, my different commentary based on the chart that populates the screen. Here's a five minute chart. And by the way, you gotta think about this for a second. Just put yourself in the position of being in a position and you're watching a very short term chart. It looks like the gap is very, very far away, meaning the gap at around 395. Looks like it's very, very far away from current price, mainly because we're on a five minute chart. So when price starts to go this far down on a page, it looks a whole lot different than it actually is. If you're looking at an hourly chart and the market's coming down to fill a gap, it looks a whole lot different than looking at a five minute chart where the moves appear much larger, they're much more expansive and fast, and therefore, and here's the method to the madness, when you look at a very short term chart, it gives you a false sense that the moves the market is making are actually more pronounced and more volatile than they actually are. Plus, you can't see enough data on the chart, so you really don't know what's going on all the way to the left. This isn't that much data on a five minute chart. Let's switch over to inside the numbers. We'll take a look at the commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. It's hump day and end of quarter. Wake up flat, they haven't gone anywhere. Unwritten rule on Wall Street. Quarterly numbers and bonuses are at stake. Don't rock the boat today, or tomorrow for that matter. All right, let's see what else we've got. We already talked about some of that stuff. It should be no surprise. I'm not making this up. This is the way this works. It's worked like this as long as I've been around the markets and a whole lot longer. The numbers are pretty straightforward and just like yesterday. We've got the same thing up north at around 395.75 to 396 as today's northern zone of overhead resistance in the early going. If they can get above and close candles above 395.75, you'll remember that from yesterday, the door will be ajar for same price they missed the other day, 397.12. 397.12 was the line on top of the screen, we talked about it already. 394 is the pivot, and below that we don't even have to worry about it because they didn't go down, they basically went up all day long. Taking a look at the chart, you see the two lines at 396 and 395. And by the way, if you haven't figured this out already, 
right of the vertical is today's activity. So we can see the market ran up into that zone and they ended up eating time off the clock, really consolidating above 396, using 396 as support. Once you see that, you know what's going on. As long as they stay above 396, there's another leg higher. Where's the other leg higher? 397.12. Interestingly enough, and we've seen this so many times in the past, they run up, 397.12 was a gap. They run up to fill the gap, but they don't do it. They end up eating time off the clock and pulling back a little bit, which basically tells you more often than not, they're gonna trade through the gap. And by the way, you'll see this later on in the notes, which is, here's a back test. They ran a test of the same price area, 397.12, decided it was a successful test. They tried to go up again, but then they ended up failing into the end of the day. But that's neither here nor there. Once they get above a number, it becomes support. Until they get above a number, it's resistance. They're important numbers. There isn't a support number that's not a resistance number and vice versa. They're just important numbers. When price is above, they're support. When price is below, they're resistance. That's just the way it works. Remember 396, we talked about it before. What they do into the end of the day? They came back to visit 396. We see this day in, day out. The important numbers get visited, they get tested, they get hit over and over and over again. If you know what the important numbers are, you can be successful in this business. Let's move along, see what else we have in terms of the commentary. Call me crazy, but it's setting up to be another quiet type session that adopts a chop shop formation. Well, that includes a trend day up, chop shop formation, quiet day. They weren't doing anything except grinding away. There was limited to no volatility throughout the trading day. It's a little bit presumptuous this early, but that's the early look. Listen, I'm coupling in the holiday stuff, the volume, all that stuff near the old highs into a holiday. I'm just putting all that in a vat, stirring it around and saying, here's the likely scenario. 9.32, they're already running up to 3.96, and I'm saying aggressive traders can short above 3.96, but must realize there's another spot at 3.97.12 and they can certainly run to it. That's the risk. Either way, once they started going back and forth right around 396, you can see what's going on here. The writing was on the wall. 397.12 is the next target as long as they stay above and close candles above 396. Took them a little while, but they did and they went. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. There's Lululemon. The rest of it is pretty much history. What I urge you to do is read the notes Double check the work. Go back to the charts and see what happened after the notes were posted. Let me scroll back a second. I want to point something out. 9.42. On a pullback, 3.95.80 would be a quick test and very short-term support. Below that, and they'll fall back towards the low of the day, 3.95.31, test and go back up, and it's bullish. We'll see. Now, that's 12 minutes into the trading day. I've switched over to a three-minute chart just for the heck of it. But here's what happened. So this took place at 9.54 in the candle, the three-minute candle ending at 9.54. So about 10 or so minutes after I posted that note saying, hey, if they come back to run a test of 3.9580 and it's a successful test, there's another leg higher. So what happened in this candle? Where's the low? 
395.81. This is hashtag reading the tape. Now, to the naked eye, it doesn't look like much, and who cares about a few cents here and there, but it's the concept of how the market works, how the charts operate, how price action works, why do they run tests, where are they going to run a test, how do they run a test, what happens if the test is successful, what causes a test to be successful, how do you know? All this stuff is here in black and white every single day. It's handed to you on a silver platter. Let's move along a little bit, scroll up. You can read the notes, do whatever you like. It was a bullish tape, they grind it higher, you kind of know the routine. Now we start talking after lunch about the big fat round number, the next big fat round number. They're about 20 points away, so we know it's going to become magnetic. Doesn't mean it's going to happen today. We could find a gap up tomorrow. We could find it happening on Monday. We don't know. Let's move along, and then we're going to go back to the charts. Now, once they're above 397.12, which was a target, target doesn't mean short, target means long exit at target or before target. Remember, 941, there's your pop. Traders taking a ride up north need to book profit along the way. Holding anything past 397.12 is your decision. Can be a trailer, but the target is the conclusion of this deal. So just so we're all on the same page, there was nothing that I was willing to hold on to above 397.12. Doesn't mean the market can't do it, just means from a trading standpoint, you're finished with the trade, a trailer is like 10, 15, maximum of like 20, or even on the outside, 25% of your original position. And we go into the end of the day, there was nothing happening this afternoon, obviously, there was nothing you could trade unless there's volatility. Unless you could see the market going somewhere or setting up for something, it's a floater, it's a floater and there's nothing you can do about it, and you move on. Stocks on the move. There were four on the board, and keep in mind, again, I said this last night, but it's worth saying again, we're going to get into earnings season in a couple of weeks. This is the close of the quarter. What that means is companies will report their first quarter earnings around the second to third week and beyond into April, May. So once that begins, the trades will begin to come fast and furious once again. Since we're in the middle of the end of last earnings season and the beginning of next earnings season, this is what we get. We get light days when the market's floating up and we have a lack of volatility. There's a lack of opportunity in the pre-market. That's just the way it works. But we know how this works. Once that subsides, it changes, and then all of a sudden you get seven, eight, nine opportunities a day. We've got two, three, four trades successful on the board. That's the way it works. It's the law of averages. Sometimes we get a lot, sometimes we get a few, and it averages out to a nice amount. CarMax, Lululemon, UDR, and Beam. We'll take a look at the first two, CarMax and Lululemon. Beam and UDR didn't hit their price objectives, so they become no trades. CarMax wasn't a trade either. In fact, it was a early morning heartbreaker, and then it did the thing into the end of the day, but that doesn't count. 132.75 was the number on the board, and look what happened early this morning. They came close, and then they had a rip-your-face-off rally away. Unfortunately, no fill. And then at the end of the day, they came all the way back into where? The same spot. No accidents, no coincidences. The numbers are important. Lululemon, you can see, did the deal. What happened at the first number is it came close and bounced away. Some traders 
took the first number. Some traders stayed away from the first number, but either way, if you took the first and second or you just took the second, it worked out just fine. Either way, this zone was in fact garden variety support for Lululemon. And you can see what happened into the end of the day. They came back down again, right into what? Right into the first number. No accidences, no coincidences. Did I say accidences or accidences? This is, this is. Not sure, there was a couple of extra things going on at the end of accidents. But either way, 306.45 was important. Anything going on over in Camp IWM? Well, we've got the same situation and same scenario that we've been discussing. It's a different chart than the SPY. It's a different look. It's in a different position. Now, they're trying to work their way back above or at least to or into the moving averages. They've captured or recaptured the 50. They're working on the 20. But again, this is different than the SPY trying to make new highs once again. This is a bounce in a downtrend. This on the weekly chart is still an uptrend. We took a look at this last night. It's worth another mention. Just the awareness of where we are on the charts. All we really need to know about for the IWM, what would really get some kind of party started on the downside is closing a day below this low, 208.03. If they were to give up 208.03 after coming down into the abyss and reversing on volume, if that were to fail, that would be a absolute real bona fide failure. On the flip side, playing umpire calling balls and strikes, getting above this breakdown candle high, 223.86, which would also put them above all the moving averages, that would turn the short-term trend on this daily chart back to the same thing you saw on the weekly chart, up. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Well, they had a down day today, almost 100 points, but in light of the fact that they had another big up day yesterday at new highs, we're not gonna make a federal case out of it. They're in an uptrend, above all the moving averages, at new highs, period, we're gonna move it along. With a chart like the transports or a chart like the SPY or the DIA, the Dow for that matter, we're looking for at this point, just like before, a sign or and signal of a trend change. We had some before, now they're back up. The IWM and the Qs aren't back up, but the SPY and the Dow is back up, but that's the only thing you can do. When you have a chart, when you have like the transports, for example, that are at new highs, there's nothing you can do except two things. Either already are long, but you can't hop on board here. You're not going to buy expecting it to go higher. But if you were long a chart like this, you would just be trailing the stop behind you, seeing how high it can go. There's no reason to be short while they're making new highs because you don't know where the ultimate high is going to be. There's no point of reference. Enter sign and signal of a trend change. That's why I bring that up. The only thing you can do when a chart is at new highs is wait for the chart, wait for the market, wait for that particular vehicle, whatever it is, to tell you and give you something to trade against. That's the only way. The Qs, it doesn't exactly look like the IWM, but it looks more like the IWM than it does the SPY. But we were talking about something over the last couple of days, and we mentioned that this little routine here could result and normally would result in a move like this because this is a bullish pattern 
inside of a market that's in the midst of a bounce in a downtrend. It's contradictory, but that's what we have. From a compressed, shorter time frame, shorter period of time, it was bullish within a larger bearish type of scenario. Happens all the time. Again, until and unless they get above the 50 period moving average and really above this breakdown candle high, 324.33, we've been using the number of 325 just for rounding purposes. They get up there, the daily chart trend turns back up and all of a sudden it's a different scenario. Could be a fake out, but we don't know that just laying out the facts as they appear on the chart. XLF, financials down a little bit today. They're hovering on the 20 period moving average. And again, it's really the same candle that we talked about just before in the IWM. The low here is 33 bucks. That was a reversal when it looked like they were going into the abyss. If that's given up, if that fails, look out below. Until unless that happens, the trend is your friend until it's over. What about Smash Mouth? Now is Smash Mouth, which is essentially a leading indicator of the tech space, is Smash Mouth telling us something and what to watch out for for what the Qs are gonna do next? Smash Mouth got back above all the moving averages. It wasn't giving the same exact pattern as the Qs. However, it's interesting to note that we see the tech leading indicator up almost 3% today. Nice screaming day, gapped above and kept going above the 50 period moving average that put it above all the moving averages. We still have this thing working here. Now, they can run to the top of this. That would be the top of this breakdown candle. It's funny how that works. And if they can't get above that, guess what? You'd see them go down. Never feels like it when they're on the way up. Never feels like they're gonna go back down. But that's the read on this chart today in real time. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're gonna pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.